Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. Chad and Nate coming at you. Uh, ready to ride. It's about to really, really happen. Ride against the Dallas Cowboys today. I think we all have been anticipating this day. Looking forward to it for a long time. Think there's, think there's anybody? Sorry, go ahead. I think there's anybody in that locker room who's not anticipating it? Think uh, there's anybody in there with sweaty palms doesn't want to come out here and do this? Oh, there's 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 a full Eminem going on. Knees weak, palms are sweaty. Yes, uh, yeah, arms are heavy. <laughs> yes. Knees weak, palms are sweaty. Mom spaghetti on the sweater already. Yes, it's already here. So it Mom's is spaghetti. Yes, it is here. UC Health Training Center will be the the place to be today, as evidenced uh, to you and me by the amazing amount of traffic out there. Yeah, we barely got in, barely got in, so um, I was planning on, actually, based on our arguments the last couple days with Richie, right. my wife had a really good idea to bring him Einstein's coffee, Ah, because he was talking about, Einstein's coffee, you corporate, you shill. So, <laughs> so my wife had a really good idea, but I took a wrong turn. I couldn't stop at Einstein's, and I barely made it on time, because like you said, man, the, the, the line is around the block already. Yeah, practice doesn't kick off until 11 o'clock, and uh, trying to get into the parking lot, in order to get access to the media lot, you have to go through the same entrance that the fans go through. And the fans were backed up about a block and a half. So, uh, yeah, you and I were getting here just by the skin of our teeth. In fact, I had to send a text and say, hey, Mike and Mark need to, uh, may need to stick around for a bit there. But you and I made it. Now we get a chance to see if this Bronco team will make it uh, as part of the morning show. Uh, Mike and Mark were uh, lucky enough to have Coach Hackett That's right. on. Yeah. And that was interesting because uh, the Reds wedge driver that Mike Evans is and can be chose to say, well, Chad Brown and Nate Jackson and uh, former players on the station have an issue with your practice plan. Yeah. Kind of framing it in a negative way, which I just certainly didn't appreciate it. I called, I've called it an experiment. Uh and now uh, Coach Hack had a chance to reply about this is the most important thing is making sure these guys are healthy for the season. But today is the day where I think you get a chance to see if this experiment, uh, it won't be the final answer, but it will be uh, an early indication of whether this desire to keep everyone healthy, does it also get everyone ready to play football? Are you wearing cologne right now? I am not. Okay, somebody is. I'm, I'm catching a waft, a waft from maybe it's the booth next door, but I was like, I have never smelled that scent on you, Chad. Well, no, it's not me. It's not me. I do. I, I am dressed up or a little bit. Or maybe it's Schlereth and it's just hanging in here. Yeah. Uh, I am dressed up a little bit. You know, today is uh, Steve Levy comes into town, my broadcast partner for the game on Saturday. Uh, Steve Levy, Ryan Harris, and myself will have the call for Nine News. Looking forward to that. So, yes, I'm wearing a polo for my TV stuff, but no cologne. Okay. Well, you look fantastic. It's, it's, it's television, not smell-o-vision. I know that. Not yet. That's some, someday there will be. Smell of vision. But uh, no, as per Hackett, right? And the way Mike, Mike Evans put that to him, and Hackett had, I think, an interesting response. One of them was, yeah, it, when they want something new, and then you bring in something new, it doesn't matter what it is, they're like, oh, not that. Oh, what kind of shirt are you wearing? You know, oh, not that light. Oh, not that heavy. Oh, what's up with that hat? So I think he's got a point there to an extent because we're just not used to seeing it. But he said the most important thing is to be healthy at the end of the season. I actually dis di uh, disagree with that statement. I think the most important thing is to be playing good football. So what's more important, being healthy or being good at football? 
and that's the line you got to toe, mm-hmm. right? You got to practice enough to actually be able to win games. The healthiest team isn't the you know isn't the team that wins. It's the best team with the healthiest guys. So, how do you get your guys ready to play while keeping them healthy? That's a very fine line to walk. And I promise you, next year's camp is not going to be identical to this one, just because you learn. You learn on the job. This is his first time doing it. He's trying to take what he learned with Matt Lafleur, and he said they followed the science. And uh, it's like, what science? This, the science, the scientific number science that we follow, the science that tells us not to do that very much. Okay, that's cool. But today we're going to get to see if following the science has prepared him to actually bang. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. There's a number of uh, matchups that are going to happen out here today that. You know, this camp has been very limited. They started to do some one-on-ones later here this last week or so. So uh, there's been some limited exposure there for us to to evaluate some of these one-on-one matchups. But today we'll actually see. We'll see these offensive tackles versus Makai Parsons. Uh, So we'll see these kind of uh, matchups that would have been lacking in camp. We'll see them out here today. I'm certainly hoping so. Even if they're not directly one-on-one in the course of team play, there will be those kinds of things. So another indicator of how this practice schedule and training camp schedule has prepared these guys and also where these guys sit individually as far as being prepared. It's one thing to go against your guys same guys all the time. You get a chance to know all their moves, all their go-to things. Now you're going against someone else with a brand new set of skills. Uh, we'll see how well these Bronco players can respond. Yeah. During my six years here, I think four of the years, we, we, we had joint practices against Texas teams. It was Houston, Texans a couple years, and it was the Cowboys. 2007, we went there and had a couple practices against the Cowboys and played them in a preseason game. And Wade Phillips uh, dialed up some blitzes, and and they did some trick plays and whatnot, and they beat us in the game, and Mike Shanahan was super pissed about it. And uh, the next year, they came here. We went through another couple practices. They were very chippy. There were a lot of fights. Um, You know, it's going to be Broncos offense versus Dallas defense on one field. Dallas offense versus Broncos defense on the other. You can't watch both at the same time. That's the only crappy part about it. You're not going to be able to see everything. So um, you got to split your, you know, you split your time watching this or that. Obviously, I was on the offensive field. On the other field, we didn't see a lot of the fights that happened. We saw them later on film. Mm. Um, but um, this is an opportunity, like you said. And there's going to be guys who are going to get a wake up call today. There's going to be guys who get put on their butt, especially around the line of scrimmage. And uh, I know from experience because I was one of those guys. My first year as a tight end, we went to Houston, and I had to. You know, strap it up and, and go do nine on seven and run blocking and stuff like that. And I totally got destroyed. I mean, I got absolutely <laughs> destroyed. And then I had to go watch it on film. It was one of the most embarrassing things. But that's also what you learn from. And that's how you grow as a football player. Um, you know, you talk about your play, the, the, the guys on your teammate, team, they know you very well. They often are sometimes nice to you and don't want to take advantage of you. Like, mm. you know, they don't want to put you on your butt. You know, Albert O, like, you know, can Draymond Jones plant Alberto on his butt if he wants to? Probably. Does he do it a lot? No. Um, so there are going to be Dallas Cowboys who don't have that same kindness in their blood today and are going to want to inflict some damage on these Broncos. And I just hope that uh, they're ready for the challenge. 
our analysis of training camp 2022 ready to ride presented by elite sports book uh yeah this is definitely an exciting time uh, lots of fans here uh the hill hasn't uh, opened up just yet but that parking lot and the lineup up there by the hill is certainly full expect a capacity crowd was was it what seven thousand plus yeah for the uh the big saturday practice i would expect even more than that out here today lots of camera crews lots of media lots of people lots of excitement uh when we come back uh, I mentioned it earlier, Mike and Mark were joined by Coach Hackett early this morning, and Mike even had the uh, audacity to ask Coach Hackett about his practice plan and schedule. We'll hear from Coach Hackett about that next. Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. Our good friend Mike Evans had a, and uh, Mark, they had a chance to talk to Coach Hackett this morning. Mike Evans, being the incredible wedge driver that he is, chose to frame the question to create a division between Coach Hackett and the former players on this station, like Nate and myself. He just wanted to solidify their ability to interview him and our inability to ever interview the guy. Yes. No, what, what I what I first of all, if you guys have been listening, I've been very complimentary of all of you former players, saying that part of the reason why I'm having a hard time buying into what they're doing is because you guys have been so dubious, skeptical, cynical, critical, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but it's true, the right? Wedge it's not wedge driving. Even to my face, the wedge driving. It's not wedge driving. You guys have been. I've called it an experiment. So to put me in the cynical category, Dude. I've called it an experiment. Now, uh, have you and I had some conversations where may I, I have gone past experiment in our private conversation? No, I didn't bring up private. No, but, I'm just on, thinking, but on air, I've called this is this is an experiment. Well, to me. well, yes, but your tone conveys I'm not all in. I, well, it's an experiment. All right. Well. There, there's an uncertainty on either side of this. Today will be a chance to see how well this experiment plays out against another team. I think it was fair no, to raise the question to him that a lot of former NFL guys that I respect have different opinions, and he acknowledged it. Okay, but he even the, said, he goes, I understand. But in the framing of it, you made yourself out to be a nice guy. Yes. You, made, said it. you said, not Mark. Mark, Mark's on your right, side. Yes. But Chad Brown. Chad, I mentioned you all by name. Yes, all of us. They all of you. <laughs> they think you're full of crap. <laughs> they fool you. Yes. yes. You think it's the dumbest Although, ever. if you listen, though, at one point as he's answering the question, he looks at me and goes, I can tell you're kind yeah. of uh, not buying. Yeah. You know, he yeah. was like starting to say you're kind of skeptical yourself. So I'm like, all right, all right. So rather than just talking about what yeah. was said and how it was yeah. asked, here's a quote. Here's a, here's the, uh, the the sound from Coach Hackett. It's been interesting to listen to the former players on our station, not Mark, but <laughs> from Chad Brown, Nate Jackson, Brandon Stokely, Tyler Columbus. They have been. Skeptical, cynical, curious about the way that you have chosen to yeah. run practice. That it isn't the way they did it. What would be your message to them? They it's don't think NFL. you know what you're doing. I mean, it's just that simple. It's a new NFL. There's more science than we've ever had in this game. I mean, we see it from when we talk about the concussions. I mean, I'm pretty sure you didn't wear an extra helmet on top of your right. helmet um, yeah. when you played. Um, I sure didn't. Um, so I think there's so many different things. And our full focus is health. Health. The healthiest team at the end is usually the one that has the best chance to go ahead and make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's just facts. 
Full focus can't be health in football because it's 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 not a healthy game. It's not it's dangerous. Everybody gets hurt. You, your full focus can't be health. You cannot protect football players before the injury. You protect them after. You treat them when they get hurt. You take care of them. You don't kick them to the curb after they get hurt. You nurse them back to health. You get get them back on the field when they're ready. But how can health be the number one priority in the game of football where everyone gets hurt? Yeah, I, I've used this phrase uh, earlier this week. Uh, I think I used it last week as well. It's the tyranny of the urgent versus the important. It's it's important that we make sure every guy is healthy, but it's urgent that we prepare ourselves for the season. And to play football, as you point out, guys get hurt. So can you properly prepare yourself with the f- number one focus being we can't allow someone to get hurt? Uh, I've done those four coaching internships in the NFL, and staffs had a variety of opinions about what was an appropriate level of contact and what was an appropriate level of uh, padded practices in a row and all those kinds of things because coaches do have a concern about guys getting hurt. But this was the first time I've heard a coach say his number one priority is to make sure no one gets hurt is guys' health. So that may be uh, the first time. Uh, no, that may be. That is the first time I've heard a coach phrase it in that way. We want to get off to a fast start. We want to be playing our best football. We want to get our game plan installed. Our number one concern is getting everyone up to speed. The player's health, not that I'm callous about that as a former player. Your health is your corporation. This is how you make a living, the health of your body. Uh, But, again, we'll see how this experiment plays out. Yeah, I just know there's no way to avoid injury out here. Um, We saw Tim Patrick tear his ACL, just catching the ball, taking a few steps, boop, torn. Uh, Demaria Crockett doing a special teams drill, non-contact, boom, tore his ACL. Um, you know, Ronald Darby, Corliss Sutton going up for a ball down the field. That wasn't in the trenches. That wasn't hitting. That was going up for a pass. They both land awkwardly, and they're both banged up from it. That's kind of just how football goes. And so, it, to me, it's the depth of your team. How ready and willing are the guys who are second stringers, third stringers, are those guys ready to step in and, and, and give valuable minutes? If Russell Wilson gets hurt, is your season derailed? Yes, probably. Are there a handful of other players that probably would severely affect the the odds of your team's success? Yes, but for the most part, you can succeed with it, with an injury. You can have a guy come in and play good football and keep it going. And to me, the, the teams that are there at the end are able to do that, that thing. They have depth on their roster. Obviously, there's some luck involved in not having your main guys get hurt. Of course, your quarterback is the top of that list. But everybody's going to get hurt at some point in the, in the NFL. You hope that you rehab well. Effectively, you have a good medical team, and you get back out here as quickly as you can, uh, you know, as long as it's safe and you're not putting the injury in a bind like Greg Dulcich, for example, probably rushed back out here. He was feeling the pressure. We were talking about him like he's about to have a lost season, right? He heard that. And he tried to get himself back out of here. Not just us, but he heard the chatter. He knows that. He talks to his agent. He sees what's happening in meetings. He sees all the reps Albert O's getting, and he's improving every day. He sees that. The pressure's on him. He gets back on the field, re-aggravates it, or whatever happens. He's back off the field. So that's what's important. Effective treatment of the injury when it does happen. But prevention of injury, man, I just don't know if that's a, a winning cause. The text line, uh, as always, is divided. Uh, of course, they say Evans isn't the wedge driver for nothing. Of course, we know that. Evans is always going to be the wedge driver. Uh, old man Nate Jackson wants to do things the way they were done in the 90s. <laughs> you sound idiotic, bud. Yeah. Times have changed. Yeah, bro. Get off <laughs> my lawn, bro. I agree with you guys 100%. 
Nate, you're absolutely right. Health cannot be the number one concern when you're playing football. They need to get, they need to get into good football shape, start hitting some people, uh, and stop doing these wussy little drills. And so, well, there's also this one. You guys are idiots. The number one thing is health. You can't win if you don't have a healthy team. Perfect example. Perfect example was last year. Really? Was that was that why the Broncos weren't good last year? Because they had a couple injuries? No. They were bad because they were a bad football team with bad coaches, bad offense, bad quarterback play, bad philosophical approach to the game. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously there's different ways to skin this cat. Um, Nathaniel Hackett talked about it is a new NFL, and they are following the science. What is the science, though? I don't know what the science is. I want to I wanna see that book because um the science book yeah the well there's competing science on yeah. how to you know right cte for example like there's competing science on that true um acl injuries every single one of them is different yep every single player is different the way they respond to, to hitting and treatment and injury protocol and so it's really hard to follow the science when there's so many just uh g- there's so much gray area uh, you know i know dan campbell doesn't strike people as a mr uh, enlightened kind of guy with some of his kind of Cro-Magnum quotes uh, biting people's kneecaps off. But I'm sure science has somehow made it into the Detroit Lions building about football and recovery and all that. But you watch that first episode of Hard Knocks, and I only caught the last, I mean, the first 15 minutes before I had to go to bed last night. Uh, They're clearly banging around and getting physical and trying to prepare themselves to play some physical football. So the science is looked at a little bit differently by everybody, as evidenced by, heck, the divide in our country amongst uh, people between how they want to treat COVID and how they approach COVID and things like that. Which science am I believing in? Your science? My science? There is no the science, unfortunately. If there's four seconds left in a football game, you're down by five points. You have the ball on their 12-yard line. Is the science going to help you make a play? <laughs> no. The how, how are you going to win that game? Is it going to be the science or is it going to be something else? It's going to be the old Coach McCartney. It's in the heart of a man. It's going to be in the heart. <laughs> and you can't quantify that. And so that's the line we're towing here. Yeah, you want to follow the science. You want to protect these guys as much as you can. But it's also the game of football. And you can't lock that part of it away. Um, you know, that's what we need on game day. And today's game day of sorts. Yeah. You can feel it out there. Maybe. And they're finally letting people out in, down on the hill, so they're filing down and taking a seat close to the action. And uh, it's going to get it's gonna get violent out here today. Maybe this texter uh, from 720 frames it best for me. I can see both sides of it, which I honestly can. This is me speaking, kind of paraphrasing the text. A football season is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But sometimes you have to sprint at different points of the marathon. And I think that's where we're coming from. We respect where Coach Hackett is coming from. I respect wanting the players to be as healthy as possible. But within that, there has to be some callousing, some toughening up. And uh, as I said a couple of times during the first two segments of the show, we'll see how that's going to play out here today against the Cowboys in this joint practice. And we'll see it on Saturday against the Cowboys in a real football game. Which team is more physically prepared? Which team is ready to bang? Uh, the, the Broncos have not done one single tackling drill to the ground. We've been out here every single day, not one single tackling drill to the ground. At some point in football, guess what? you got to tackle people to the ground. And do you rely on muscle memory from last December? Or do you try to rely on muscle memory from a couple of days ago where you actually executed this, you bent your knees, you put your head in the right place, you wrapped your arms, you drove your feet, and you brought somebody to the ground? 
And in the process of that, you learn how to tackle where you didn't hurt yourself in the process of doing it. Well, There's what a- about all these defensive players who saying they've been tackling guys since they're eight years old? They don't need to practice tackle, Chad. They've been doing it their whole lives. Why do it now? They know how to do it. They don't. It's a, let's, there's a reason why the tackling, missed tackle rate is double in the first four weeks of the season than it is in the last four weeks of the season. Because tackling is a repetition and a practice thing. And you get better at it, guess what? The more you do it. What someone's a strange, saying, strange thought. Someone's saying the science will help you make that game-winning play if you're healthy 100%. Uh, okay. Uh, no, that's not true. Well, you can be not. I mean, you, sir, or ma'am, whoever texted that in, you may be completely 100% healthy, but you come out here and you cannot make a play. You have to make the play. And, and, that, and that goes above the science. Someone also says, uh, take a look at the Avalanche. They weren't complete, completely healthy all season, and during crucial times in the playoffs, it's about depth. Uh, new ownership for the Broncos uh, was parading around the field yesterday. The Walton Penner Group, it's official. It has started. So we want to dive a little bit deeper into that. But first, we'll hear from Spilly about how the Rockies fared yesterday. Spilly. Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Getting you set for today's joint practice between Denver and Dallas. Live from UC Health Training Center, here's Chad and Nate. Everybody's going to be involved. Obviously, with six of us, somebody has to be on point, so I'll, I'll take that role. So you'll be seeing probably most from me here, but um, as you heard from this, is a, I mean, it's just an incredible group, and we're going to we're going to draw on, on all of them as we go through this. Rob and Kerry will probably, they'll be here, obviously, a lot with me as well on, you know, dealing with any big issues or questions or strategic decisions that we're making. And then most of all, we're just really looking forward to all having fun together with us. Obviously, this is a business, but this is a sports franchise and we want to win and that's our goal and part of that is is having a lot, a lot of fun as a family and with this group while we do that greg penner talking about uh, their vision for the team yesterday the uh walton penner group was here at practice everyone involved in ownership except for sir lewis hamilton uh made in town condoleezza rice uh Penner family, the Robson Walton was here, uh, Melody Hobson was here as well. Uh, so very diverse uh, from a you know male female uh, ethnic background uh, ownership group. The NFL was certainly pushing for that to be the case, and uh, they got what they were hoping for. Yep, and uh, after thanking Commissioner Goodell, <laughs> um, they did say that they're anxious to reach out to former Broncos like Ed McCarthy. <laughs> And uh, Rob Smith, uh, Carl Cougar Mecklenburg. Okay. We're really excited about that. And Randy Gladysher. Um, also, uh, you know, of course, Jim Elway. And uh, Peyton Marning. So, um, Terrell Dwight, was he on the list as well? Terrell? Terrell Dwight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great he was. Okay. Right? 2,000 yards rushing. Yeah. So, dude, it was pretty surreal yesterday sitting here and watching that group walk in front of us. And then, um, you know, just, hey, it's a new era. And... I don't know, man. I mean, these are business people, you know? And, and some, there were some folks pushing back on the text line about how they're calling it a project and they're going to treat it like a business. And they don't know football, admittedly. I mean, if you look at the, the statements made by each one of the new owners, and there were about five who, who gave a little short speech, two of them said, we don't know anything about sports. Mm. And, and I just want to reiterate that. This is new for us. So we're going to lean on people who do, but really important that they find those people. 
to lean on. Whether they just trust George Payton enough to say, hey, just do it, you know? Um, we trust you, or if there's going to be some football type of president who oversees George Payton, maybe for the first year they let George run it. I don't know. Um, I did hear Adam Schefter on the way in here talking about how they're looking in the NFL front office for a candidate for president of football operations here, which I, I'm a little lukewarm about that. Really? Like, yeah, well, let's just pluck somebody from over there in New York and bring them out here. Like, uh, does anybody have ties to Denver? Is, is it at all about the Broncos, or is it just about, you know, bringing in business leaders from around the world to run this team? Like, obviously, there's a tradition here. There's a nostalgia here. Richie and I have been getting into it the last couple of days about that nostalgia. He thinks that doesn't matter. He thinks nostalgia and tradition don't matter. It's about new age football and it's about money and it's about how this can be a profitable business to me i don't i don't think that i think you got to preserve the traditions and the heart of this organization somehow and how does bringing in somebody from the nfl front office do that okay let me run this one by you if you are going to be running a large company owning a large company that has to say deal with the government then you, as one of your hires, you pluck somebody from the government who's got experience in that particular thing. If it's a, and you want to run an oil company, you pluck somebody from the government that's involved in environmental law. You want to own a trucking company, you pluck somebody from the government who's involved in transportation law or transportation regulations. You want to own the NFL football team, you pluck somebody from the league office because they are your connection then into the league office. They coach you up on the rules, the ways, the personalities, who you can go and talk to. You don't to. think Joe, Joe Ellis knows all those rules? Uh, but Joe, yeah, he's, he's going to be an advisor. He's, he's going to be ha having a prominent role. Yeah, I, I, I understand the, the role of, of Joe Ellis, but he's not going to be, I don't believe, a, still a full-time person here in the building. So if you're going to have a president here, to have someone who has a connection to the league office, which regulates and uh, governs essentially all 32 of the independent franchises, then, yeah, I think it would be smart from a business perspective to have somebody from the NFL office. Should they have some Broncos? They got enough business, dudes. They got enough business people in this ownership group, man. No, but they, they don't have any ties to the league office. You need the ties to the league office. Someone that Robson Walton can suddenly pick up the phone and call someone over there and say, yep, Hey, someone so from the league office, I'm sitting here with Nate Jackson. That person says, oh, Nate, how you doing, man? How's it going out there in Denver? You know, that just greases the sleds. It eases the conversation. It creates an instant re recognition. And now that conversation is that much easier because Nate Jackson is on the call rather than, oh, let me introduce you to this guy who you're going to be working with. No, I already know this guy. He was with us for 10 years over here at the league office. <laughs> I mean, I hear what you're saying. From a business perspective. From a business that's perspective. That's how business people think. I, I, I know that's kind of No, I get that's it. Kinda well, that was my point. For, that was, for no, some folks to digest that. It's this, not hard to digest. This I just don't. Denver Broncos football team, in the end, is a business for Robson Walton. Right, not hard to digest because it was clear the way they right. presented themselves that that's what they are. Just disappointing to digest that ah, it's a business first. This is not about the football team. It's not about the community. It's not about the essence of these Denver Broncos. It's about a new project. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, yeah, they're thinking, you know, they're probably thinking like you are. Let's bring in some business-minded person who connect could connect us to the league office. But when you're thinking about this team, how to get this team back on the right track. The team, the business is profitable, Chad. Mm -hmm. The team is not. Ah, How do you get this team to win, man?
So is is the president just going to be some business person from the league office? Is that going to help this team win, or is that going to help the Waltons feel more comfortable when they pick up the phone and call Roger Goodell? Okay, well, now, Mike and Mark, they spoke to uh, uh, Adam Schefter, and Adam was asked about <clears throat> Peyton Manning possibly becoming a president here, and Adam Schefter kind of said, you know, I don't think Peyton really wouldn't want it, and they're looking more in a business direction. So the team president, as opposed to being president of football operations, is a president of the Denver Broncos. It's, it's a, you know, title both have president in it, but they're completely uh, different as far as the domain over which they are responsible for. President of football operations has a strong foot in the football into things. Personnel, contracts, coaches, GM, uh, success on the field. The president of business operations, he's not, he does not have a foot in that football aspect of it at all. He's looking at from a business dollars and cents standpoint. Now, of course, the more you win, the more dollars you make. So he wants that to happen. But he is not going and talking to the GM and going, hey, man, uh, you know, we just had our third receiver injured at practice today. Maybe we should go take a look at this guy who just got released by the Bengals. That's not going to be this guy's role from the league office. That guy's talking about zeros and dollars and cents in bank accounts and butts in the seats, not who plays on the football field. Yeah, I think I think they they you know they they talked about wanting to be stewards of this organization. Right. How do you most effectively do that? How do you, how do you you know uh, allow the imprint to be what it is, all, what it already is here, and not and not lose sight of what the Broncos are supposed to mean? That's what that, to me that's important. It's not just about how can we make this business more profitable. I I think there is a line where where they will be able to do both. Uh, from a business standpoint, they obviously will pay attention to the dollars and cents and the amount of zeros in the bank account. Of course, they are. they're business people. But as time goes along and they learn that this business of football is really the business of winning and how to put your football team into the position to win. So it's that, not the football business. It's the business, business of, of football. football. Yes. But it is. It is. And so for that ownership group to begin to learn that yes there's a dollars and cents aspect but there's the people aspect there's a team aspect and ultimately that's what drives this business is making sure your football team as successful as possible you know when we come back i'll tell you a story about my first visit out to seattle and how i thought they had that whole balance screwed up uh this maybe illustrate this a little bit better for everybody listening that's next elite sportsbook presents training camp 2022 ready to ride getting you set for today's joint practice between denver and dallas live from uc health training center here's chad and nate Chad and Nate at UC Health Training Center. Last day of camp, man. Last day of school. Yeah, man. Everyone's going to be... Uh, School's out for summer. Screaming and hollering, getting out of here, enjoying the, the last day of camp. Uh, this camp will go out with a bang, literally. A joint practice against the Dallas Cowboys starting today at 11 o'clock. 11 to 1 is the practice schedule. Uh, looks like this. Uh, the hill will be full. Probably expecting over 7,000 plus. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good one, man. It's going to be warm. It's going to be hot. It's going to be very spirited practice, and we'll get a chance to see uh, how this Bronco team and how Coach Hackett has prepared them to uh, really face their first competition so far of camp. So far, camp has been uh, we'll call it nice. We'll call it nice. <laughs> nice. But, but now uh, nice. The, the, some of the niceties will go away. A player in a different uniform. We'll see how well these Broncos can respond. Uh, but before we dive into that, I teased out before the break the difference between business and football. And 
when I took my free agent visit to the Seattle Seahawks, they gave me a tour of the facility. You know, here's the weight room, here's the meeting rooms, here's the team meeting room, uh, training room, all that kind of stuff, locker room. And they took me upstairs. And I'm leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers, going to the Seattle Seahawks. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are a very small, tightly run organization. Uh, they took me upstairs, and it was just all these cubicles and desks and all that. And I said, what do all these people do? How do you – what – how does this what does it got to do with football oh this is where the marketing people are this is where the business people are and this is where the the, the season ticket sales people are and i said no disrespect i'm coming from the steelers steelers don't have any of this there's maybe one person for each department how they market their football team how they sell season tickets how they deal with sponsors is they go out and they win championships mm. that's how you sell sponsorships. That's how you get butts in the seats. That's how you market your football team. The best marketer of your football team is winning football games. You can, you should fire all those people, hire more scouts and make a better football team, and your efforts would be that much more successful. So I, I think that's how sometimes the business people begin to think, oh, we need to hire more marketing people. No! Hire better football people so you can win more football games. That's the ultimate driver to the fan attentions. That's how you sell more jerseys. That's how you get butts in the seats. That's how you sell seat licenses for a new stadium. That's how you do all that. Kick butt on the football field. That should always be first. Yep, and they get a chance to do that today. You just mentioned uh, in, uh, in the intro to, the, to this segment that they're going to get after it today. And I hope they do, but we don't know that for sure. Like last year, I went to Minnesota and watched those joint practices. They didn't really get after it. You know, it was almost like the, the coaches had just an agreement. And they wanted to keep things very they, – they wanted to get out without an injury. And I know these guys also want to get out without an injury. It's just going to be interesting to see how they structure it. Mike McCarthy's a guy uh, who has been around this league for an incredibly long time. He's got a lot of experience. He also is a, a personal friend of Nathaniel Hackett and apparently is doing this as a favor to him because they're also going and doing joint practices with someone else for a couple days. Yep. So how much of their, you know, how much of themselves do they want to give today? Um, are they trying to hold back at all, or are they going to let it, uh, let it rip a little bit? I think uh, letting it rip would be gr good for everyone out here, but um, you never know how they're going to structure it. Uh, I want to see some one-on-ones. I think you probably want to see some one-on-ones. I think that's a really good way to to let guys get after it without really, you know, uh, exposing them to some of the dangers of 11-on-11 11 11 football, like getting rolled up on by a pile or something like that. So I think one-on-ones are relatively safe to go out there and let these guys compete, let them see somebody else with a new jersey on. Um, specifically, of course, I'm going to show my receiver bias here, but I want to see these receivers going against the DBs on both sides of it. I want to see Pastor Chan locking down C.D. Lamb. Mm -hmm. You know, and actually the Cowboys are pretty thin at receiver. You know, we talked about our issues with, at receiver. The Cowboys, they got C.D. Lamb. They got Michael Gallup, who's coming back from an ACL. He's not practicing yet. Other than that, they do not have a lot of depth. Ty Freifogel. Ty Freifogel. Jakari Robinson. Yeah. Cavante Turnup. Right. Yes. They got a draft, you know, the draft pick, a guy who's second on the depth chart now. He's number 18. Um, so, Aaron Tolbert. Yeah, so he's he's a rookie and he's already up there. So, um I don't, I don't see their receiver core as being particularly vicious, especially for this DB room, but you never know. They're going to see some new moves, some new tendencies, some new routes, uh, things like that. Um, and then on the flip side of it, I want to see... I want to see our guys get after Tavon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. And, um, and look, this guy led the league in interceptions last year. He's going into his third year. Um, 
He wants to take that next step and beat Dick Night Train Lane's record of 14 interceptions. By the way, Night Train Lane did it in 12 games. Amazing. 12 games. Amazing. He got 17 games to do it. Uh, it was funny, though. Like, I think they asked him. I heard him being interviewed, and they're like, you know, t- talking about that record. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, we got 18 games to do it, right? And I'm like, no, no, you play 17 games, sir. So sometimes these guys aren't as well informed as we are about their schedule, their rules, things of that nature. But they are the best in the business at playing this game. Dak Prescott, I want to see his little hip warm up that he does. Uh huh. We saw, saw Brett Ripon doing that, right? Yes. Brett, it's catching fire, man. It's, it's catching fire like the Antonio Brown dance. Yep. Yep. By the way, did you know that Coach Azani was Antonio Brown's college coach? I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, so it kind of makes sense when you see him doing all these little drills and little fun, fun little tennis ball, PVC pipes stuff. Because Antonio Brown was was such a intricate, gifted route runner, right? Body control stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, is that where he, Coach Azani, got these ideas? Um, but um, yeah, it's gonna be fun out there. And of course, the offensive line has been under fire. This yeah. training camp, not just from the defensive line, but then from the pundits afterwards. Is the right side particularly going to hold up? Quinn Miners and Calvin Anderson, are they going to hold up? Today it's a big test. It will be a big test. Uh, they got Demarcus Lawrence on the edge. They got Parsons on the edge as well. So I think Calvin Anderson and Garrett Bowles will see both those guys. Uh, Odigi Zua, the defensive tackle for the Cowboys, can uh, get, push the pocket as well. I think he'll press that right side of the offense line, particularly those guard spots, uh, detain Muti and Quinn Miners and how well they hold up. So, again, I, I, do I expect it to be a rock'em, sock'em, old-school football kind of practice? I don't. But there'll be enough competitive situations, and I know as a player, I always approach joint practices with a bit of pride and want to put my best foot forward. So even if coaches try to dial it down from a practice structure standpoint, if I'm Parsons and I'm going against Calvin Anderson, I'm trying to win. Oh, yeah. You know, if I'm uh, if I'm Corlin Sutton and I'm going against Trayvon Diggs, I'm trying to win. That's a dude who's an all-pro, who's a pro bowler out there. That's the guy who I've got to beat. That's the guy who I need to set my standards to, beating that kind of guy. So hopefully the competitive spirit takes over and we begin to see uh, enough where we can actually evaluate where this football team is. That's been the most difficult part of training camp for me is not – uh, you know, it's not so much of a pushback of, oh my gosh, this practice schedule is so soft. I'm not sure how you evaluate football players without seeing them do football. We will see something more resembling football than what we've seen most of this camp, and now we can begin to really evaluate some of these question mark positions. Yeah, and, and how and how strenuous is this practice going to be? Because they do have a game in a couple of days, right? They're probably going to dial it back tomorrow, do a little walkthrough, and then they got to play a game on Saturday. So, what's Coach Hackett's view of preseason? Getting reps for these guys. This offense is clearly uh, in need of more time together to gel. My personal belief is they need time on the field in preseason to come together. I don't think you can count the first four games as like, oh, you know, glorified preseason, and you know, you never know what's going to happen at the beginning of the season. You just got to be healthy at the end of it. Uh, this schedule dictates that the Broncos need to get off to a hot start if they want to make a run at the playoffs, and that means they have to win. A couple of their first games, and, and it starts in Seattle. So that's going to be a very tough matchup for the Broncos. Going into Seattle, the 12th man is going to be incredibly loud. Nobody knows Russell Wilson better than the coach that's going to be preparing for him and the team he's going to have to play. And everybody in the stands is going to hate Russell Wilson to like a degree that they've never felt hate in their heart before <laughs> in that moment. It's going to be an emotional day. Russell says he doesn't get nervous, he doesn't feel human emotions, which is a good thing. 
But for the other guys, Cyborg. how is how is that going to go for the offense when they can't hear? Mm-hmm. You know, an offense that is still trying to come together. Coach Hackett admitted they're still trying to figure out where to line up the receivers, okay? These spacing routes, all these timing routes, it, it the intricacy with which you have to dial in where you line up on the field, a yard outside the numbers, three yards inside the hash, things like that, that if you are off by a little bit, it throws the, throws the playoff. So if you're still trying to figure that out and you don't have the right side of your line fully locked in, how do you expect to perform at a super high level when you can't even hear one another? The defense of the Denver Broncos is going to carry us to victory those first few games. I believe that. And uh, so I think they need work. They need work today. The offense does. They need work on Saturday. They need work the next two preseason games as well. My personal opinion, I know that's not in vogue. I know the Rams didn't play any of their starters, and they won the Super Bowl. So it must be the way to do it, right? right. And, and, and we're kind of a victim of that, like the, the recency bias of who won the Super Bowl and how did they do the whole thing, and we mm-hmm. just need to emulate that. No, you need to have a finger on the pulse of your team and figure out what works for them. There's 32 different teams, and there's 32 different processes. Which one's going to win? Hopefully it's the Broncos. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as uh, Gary Kubiak famously said, we're fixing to find out. Uh, This is the uh, first opportunity for a lot of these younger players, all these rookies on this roster, to see a different jersey. Um, And there is a progression to things as a rookie, and now this is another step in that progression. And I want to talk about that when we come back in our distraction segment, that first experience going against somebody else as a rookie. We'll dive into that next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. 